Once again, we're back. Welcome to Coffee, Bacon, and Other Sacred Things. I am your host, one of your hosts, Pastor Chris Gravison, and I have my lovely and talented co-host, Miss Joyce Adams, with me. Hello, everyone. And we're talking about spiritual warfare this uh, today. Well, for for a while, we're going to be talking about it's spiritual warfare. Continuing thing. It's a long series. Yeah, it's yes. a big subject. And so, but before I forget, please, uh, if you whatever. Um, for platform you're listening to us on listening on listening to us on there we go it just <laughs> took a little concentration we are we you can listen to us on podbean you can listen to us on um spotify, spotify and uh, iHeartRadio, or you can just go to coffeebaconguy.podbean.com on the web and you can listen to all of our episodes including this one and so tell all your friends, and you can like and, and uh, follow us on uh, Facebook on at the Coffee, Bacon, and Other Sacred Things podcast um, on Facebook. So uh, got, we also we always have to get all the business out of the way. Of course. And so, and so last time we had a lot of fun talking about what spiritual warfare is. We didn't talk about much of what spiritual warfare is not, but eh, skip that. And um, but we talked about how. You especially, I think the biggest thing to come out of that one is uh, that it is real. That spiritual warfare is real. We're fighting an enemy. Satan and his demons are our enemy as the as members of the church, uh, the church, the body of Christ. Um, he, they are our enemy, and they're going to do everything they possibly can to stop us from being from living a holy life, from uh, spreading the gospel of Christ. And they're going to do everything we can. They're going to work on us, and that. The best tactic of spiritual warfare really is, uh, it's not sticking your head in the sand, it is not thinking that Satan is around every corner, it's living a holy life. Living a life um, of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, goodness, and self-control. That uh, allowing the Holy Spirit to flow through us and living in that. Now, the devil's going to try to stop that. But we also said, if nothing else... We also said, never engage. <laughs> yes. Do not engage the, the, the demon. If you think the demon is, is 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 in your home, just get out until you yes. can get a priest in there to, to, to bless have, the home. Do not attempt a friendly conversation. Yes, because no, no. Because <laughs> all you're doing, if you whip out a camera or you, you think a ghost is outside or something and you get a camera, all you're doing is is giving them more room in your life and you're engaging them you're talking to them you're 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 having an exchange with them and they use that so big time but what we cut off last time is um the that there are some objective facts that we are going to be um you know, that we have to walk by um and that that are going to make a difference in all of our discussion about spiritual warfare um we're you know cuz we're told uh, in Scripture, to live a holy life, you know, multiple times um, in the Bible, it says, "Be holy, for I am holy." And so we're going to live our lives that are set apart for the glory of God. That's a life of holiness. That is a life of Christ-likeness. So, also many times, um, the reality um, in spiritual warfare it, that it's it's that it's real. Paul, Peter talked about it in his letters. Paul talks about it. It's extensively in Ephesians, but throughout. And Jesus showed us on earth, he cast out demons. And it's not, 
for the dispensationalists out there, it's not just back then when uh, when Jesus was on the earth that there were demons. It's you know, in fact, I heard an interesting thing that um, actually exorcisms and demon possession and the demon influence predates Christianity. It predates um, uh, Judaism. The the Babylonians uh, were terrified and experienced. Um, a lot of different ways of doing it. And I think back in, even to the Assyrian Empire, uh, it dominated, I think it was the Babylonians, that it dominated their religious um, books and stuff like that, how to do exorcisms, because there were so many demons um, in activity. Even when you go back before recorded history, the people were superstitious, and they believed that all their misfortunes and ills were mm-hmm. caused by some other entities, by spiritual entities, yeah. that were malignant or beneficial. Yeah. So it's you know, it, it's it's not unique to our time, but um, because the enemy knows that his time is short, we're we're in the end times of the end times. We it, all the signs are there that Jesus is going to come back soon. So. The enemy is going to get more and more aggressive on how he's going to stop people and, and take as many souls to hell with him as he can and and stop the church. So it, it's becoming uh, more and more a fact and a reality that life is spiritual warfare. So since life is spiritual warfare, there's some objective facts that we just really have to focus on and remember. So first of all, the first objective fact is something we... Is in part, the idea of not engaging the demons directly. Because as believers, our spiritual warfare must have a biblical and a doctrinal approach. Okay, Everything we do in, in, and study in our walks um, with Jesus and for spiritual warfare must be scripturally based. Okay? There's, a lot of, um, there's a lot of extra-biblical uh, sources that, we, that, that are available. Um, I don't think that's for the. Those are for the everyday Christian. I think those are for people who have been called to an uh, to a specific ministry, a healing ministry, or um, even the Catholic Church and their exorcists. Exorcists. There's a lot of stuff to know, and we need to know a lot of stuff. But everything that we to start with, at least, has to be biblically based, because that's that's the stuff that we can count on. Don't you think? Yes, I, I definitely. Yeah, there's lots of there's lots of articles and there's lots of, of books on spiritual warfare, and if you want to read them, I th- there's a lot of good ones. In fact, I've read a lot of them, but if they're not going, if they're not turning to scripture as their source of of what they're talking about, then you really don't want to deal with them. So, um, what what one says auth. I'm looking at my notes here. It says lots of articles and books out there in spiritual warfare and that the author says we know this about Satan and his demons because this ancient text or that guy was in a trance and revealed something. You hear that a lot. Yes. And that's, no. Or they do some spell or incantation to banish the demons or yeah and again, I go back to the ghost hunters Mm -hmm. and I, it's, 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 bizarre to me because they'll find they'll say okay i'm gonna pray a prayer of blessing over us they're not christians they're not you know in any way shape or form uh believers in christ but they 
pray this this prayer over themselves, and that's supposed to protect them to going into a place that is known for demon activity. And it's like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna pour water over my head, and then I'm gonna stick my head in the lion's mouth, and the water <laughs> should protect me. Yeah. <laughs> what? But uh, the 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 Bible is the revealed and inspired Word of God. Second Timothy three sixteen and seventeen says, "All Scripture is God breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work, including spiritual warfare." Now, the including spiritual warfare is my addition to it. That's not what Scripture says. I want to make sure, but that's that's where we get our authority. That's where we get what we know about demons. And you know, it's it's daily walking and ministering to others. It's daily spiritual battles we face because what we what we do know about the enemy is that for the most part, their primary weapon is coming after our minds. Will always come after our minds, whether it's our confidence or undermining our faith, undermining our uh, willingness to serve God, or tempting us to sin. Uh, any any it's 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 amazing. Um, how much they take. Uh, we bel- we b- the article of faith, we're, we belong to the Church of the Nazarene, and we have the article of faith, uh, number four, says, we believe in the plenary inspiration of the Holy Scriptures. I think that's how you pronounce it, plenary or plenary, um, which is the whole Bible. All 66 books were inspired by God through the Holy Spirit. We believe that. And and this might become a little bit of a doctrinal, you know, uh, lesson here, but we believe that it inherently the scripture inherently reveals the will of God concerning us in all things necessary to our salvation. Okay, here's a here's a bulletin about about the Nazarene Church. We state that we believe that the um, the the salvation message is inerrant in Scripture. There's no way God will allow that um, to uh, to be changed in any way, shape, or form. That's what the Bible, that's the main message of the Bible to begin with. But we don't, we, we stop at that. We do not state that the Bible is inerrant in, in its entirety. Now, there are Nazarenes who believe that, and there are Nazarenes that believe it's infallible, that there are little you know, because of the copying and recopying and recopying over 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 generations, that there could be a comma out of place or an incomplete sentence here and there or something like that. The re- how it was re- explained to me in my um, pastoral teaching is the reason we don't claim its inerrancy, the whole scripture of inerrancy, is because as soon as you do that, we have to start. You have to start defending it. Mm-hmm. You have to defend that. Ever, I mean everything. From from Moses and Noah and everything about it, you have to you have to defend that, and you're fighting all these huge battles. Well, we say no salvation. The salvation marriage uh, salvation message is inerrant, and guess what? We'll fight that to the death. And you know, well, well there's spir- hopefully not there's, it, literally, but still, there's spiritual truths there, and there's things we live by that don't depend on a, a mis quoted translation yeah, somewhere. exactly. Because it was translated from Aramaic to Greek to English in various languages to Latin, and some words might have been misplaced or, you know, a different meaning given to them. But that's not important. Yeah, and it's 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 not 
it's not going to change the message of salvation mm -hmm. in any way, shape, or form. Um, so now that we might lose some people on that right there because there are people, there are believers who believe powerfully that every word of the Bible is true and every word of the Bible is taken should be taken literally, and that's great. You, you I, I, if you if you believe that, that's wonderful. That doesn't make us not brothers and sisters in Christ. The belief that the salvation message is what makes us believers in Christ. The belief that Jesus was the Son of God was 100% man and 100% God in one in one body. That he um, lived a life on earth, lived a perfect life on earth, and went to the cross for our sins. Willingly gave himself up for our sins, so that um, we could be forgiven and that um, we can restore that relationship with humanity and God. And then he was risen on the third day, and he now he sits at the right hand of God on the throne of heaven. That, that's what makes us brothers and sisters in Christ, nothing else. Well, there are people that believe that say this, you know, I lead a good life, I'm kind to other people, I do every good work that you can think of. And that's true. But without God behind them, yeah, they're just an individual that's you know subject to being preyed upon by all kinds of outside mm -hmm. influences. Amen. It's not sufficient, I don't think, just to live a good life and say, "Well, I." That's their opinion, anyhow. Of it, so yeah, it's quite subjective. So and uh, so, that's the first objective truth we want to we want to remember as believers. Our spiritual uh, our spiritual warfare must be biblically and doctrinally based. Everything we need to know about God is in the Bible. Everything we need to know about Satan is in the Bible. And everything we need to know about spiritual warfare is in the Bible. So you can read all the books you want, and and there are a lot of them. But if they're not, if those books are not coming from Scripture, if they're not coming from a scriptural base, don't pay attention to them. All right, so that's one. That's one of our objective, um, uh, objective facts. Number two. Okay. We have Frankie with us again in, yes. in, in, in our in our studio in my palatial office in in my in, in the Which church. Which means I didn't learn from last time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm giving him a, a reprieve and a second chance. But he's so cute and so sweet. Now he's he comes up to Uncle Chris from under the <laughs> table saying, "Uncle Chris, love me." <laughs> <laughs> Even though mom's giving him some severe looks there. Yeah. And before I leave, before we leave today, I will get some pictures of Frankie and I will post them on Coffee Bacon and other Sacred Things Facebook page. So now, I love you, Frankie. Get away from me. <laughs> <laughs> A furry little pest. <laughs> the the second object, uh, objective truth is when in spiritual warfare, we must rely on the objective truth of Scripture. Okay, there's we you know, there's objective facts, and one of the objective facts is that the Bible is true, and we rely on the objective truth of Scripture. Why? Because feelings and emotions lie, and we are so easily manipulated by our emotions and by our you know feelings. All of us have some sort of trauma in our past that the you know, and that's a that's an open sore. That's an open sore that that and. Man, that is an easy thing for the for the devil to walk over there and just prick it, and just to throw you off. Um, so, oh, were you going to say something? No, no. Oh, okay, I didn't want to cut you off. <laughs> I was still giving my dog evil looks. <laughs> okay, I talk a lot, and I don't want to take away any opportunity for you to start. 
I, I remember um, I, I've always been, uh, I've always struggled with um, anxiety and uh, you know, not feeling enough. And the Lord did a wonderful work in my life um, that has relieved so much, uh, relieved all of it on a daily, in a daily way. Um, he's relieved all of the, the, the fear and, and self-loathing that I've struggled with all my life. And, and one of these days I need to sit down and that needs to be an episode of just telling the, my story on what God did. Um, better yet, Facebook Live. There we go. <laughs> but um, uh, it, something happened a couple of weeks ago that somebody wanted to talk to me. They called me up. And um, they wanted to talk to me. He's. They said I'm upset about something, and we need to sit. Well, they they notified me on Sunday, and we made an appointment for Thursday. And as a pastor, in my in, just in my experience, okay, this is just my experience. It's not the norm necessarily. It's just what I've what's happened to me in my almost 15 years of pastoring. When somebody is upset about something and they want to talk to you. They've already decided to leave the church. They just want to tell you face-to-face. The honorable people want to tell you face-to-face. The other people want to kick you on your way out, on their way out. So that hit me. And on Sunday, that somehow the, the devil used that as an opportunity to prick that, that insecurity and that, that experiential fear behind me. Turned out to be absolutely nothing. They were upset about something that took five minutes to say, oh, no, no, that's not what's going on. But I was consumed. Yeah, you had four days to fester over it. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. And it just, oh, man. Sunday, I was a mess. Monday, I I finally learned when my anxiety kicks in that I can still function. I don't just sit there staring at the TV, you know, like a mushroom, you know, and all that kind of stuff. Um, I've learned to function through that and I did doesn't mean I was necessarily useful to the Lord in those you know three four days it really caught me off guard and that's you have okay I just rescued uh, Joyce from an ant that was crawling on her glasses oh man <laughs> so... <laughs> that's one I imported I'm sure because we have them at home really bad so that that's that was that pause but um in in many ways I really kind of gave the enemy a victory in that I, I, I functioned as a pastor. I, func- I, I was able to work on other things, but it was always sitting there behind me. And praise God, he had already taken care of it. And I prayed and I asked the Lord to take away um, this anxiety. And in his way, for his purposes, I think maybe he chose not to. He, he chose, it was a learning lesson of, okay, regardless of what's going to happen, I've got it in control. You got to remember, I've got this in control. You know, I've got control over this. No matter what happens, they could have come walked in the door and cussed me up one side and down the other and said, I'm leaving. And you know what? God still would have been in control. So th- that's why that's why we say we, we rely on the objective truth of Scripture, okay? Because emotions and anxieties and fears can be so easily manipulated. Um, if you're going through a, di- a difficult time like that, whether it's if, if you're not feeling well, oh, it's so hard to be spiritual when you're sick. Oh, definitely. I mean, you still trust God. You still love yeah. God, but you don't feel that spirituality when you're sick. Yeah. Or if you're worried about money or, or there's something going on in your family, it's easy to start feeling like God has forgotten us. Now, 
Praise God, he'd already done a work in my life in that experience. I knew he was with me, and I knew he was standing besides me, beside me the whole time, even though my anxiety was through the stinking <laughs> roof. Um, so it's, I knew God was there with me. But um, you know, Scripture says, Surely I am with you always to the very end of the earth. Jesus said that. And in Hebrews, um, Jesus said, Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. It was either Jesus or God. Said that, but guess what? They're the same one. Ah! <laughs> I am so smart. Yes, wait, wait. There we go. Haven't got to use that one yet in a long time. <laughs> You're showing off now. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Sorry, Lord. Just kind of strut for a second there. <laughs> I went. I left for a while. Now I'm back. <laughs> but your. But you know, our feelings say that God isn't there. My anxiety was saying, God, you know, th- this whole thing is going to blow up in your face. Um, but the objective truth of scripture says that God will never leave you. Um, feelings are subjective. Emotional desires are subjective. But there is a fervent sincerity um, that in, um, in the, the t- objective truth of scripture, that it, all those things, the feelings and emotions are, are good weapons um, that the use that God uses that Satan uses against us. Sure, but no, that's just people have a tendency when things go wrong. It's like, oh, they, you know, God is mad at me, or God didn't yeah. step in there and save me from this, this whatever it is, you know. So that's a, a tool to make people um, shallow in their faith and, yeah. and back off. It absolutely breaks my heart when loving Christians have uh, something happen to them, whether it's something as severe as losing a loved one suddenly in an accident, or it's just something minor. They, they look in their life and say, okay, God, what sin have I committed that you are punishing me for? Now, will God al- allow us to suffer the natural consequences of our actions? Yeah, that's just part of life. That, that's life is what that is. Um, and God will be with us through those natural consequences. But just because something bad happens to us, that, it, it's never God punishing us. And uh, I, I just... Some uh, people believe that, though. Anything yeah. that goes a little bit amiss in their life, they want to blame God or, or think they're being punished. Yeah, and like I said, it breaks my heart when, yeah. I, when I hear people say that. So that's, that's the second objective fact, that in spiritual warfare, we, we rely on the objective truth of Scripture. And um, number three, memorizing Scripture is important because Satan is a liar. Now, this is big because what the whole thing started because of the temptation and the failure of Adam and Eve. You know, we, we, we live in a fallen world because of Adam and Eve. And no, I don't blame Eve for it. You know, <laughs> it was both of them. But Satan deceived Eve in the garden, and he lied. He even lied to Jesus in the wilderness. You know, he, he would use half-truth. Mm-hmm. Jesus, um, and Jesus said in, in uh, John chapter 8, that Satan was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Um, if I can pull it up, you know, or, or bring it in my memory correctly, what he said to Eve um, is when she said, you know, if we eat this tr- fruit of this tree, God said we will die. And he said, oh, surely you will not die. You know, he's he's casting doubt on the word of God, and they they suffered a spiritual death when they when they, they lost everything that they had and they and caused a fallen world, and so when we're 
when we're talking about stuff like that, Satan is going to use Scripture as a half-truth. And when he was talking to Jesus in the wilderness, he, he used Scripture to try to, to, to trick Jesus, too. And Jesus always turned it around on him. So, uh, again, um, Matthew 4, verses 1 through 11, uh, well, is that whole cool story. It's in Matthew, and I believe it's also in Luke, too. And it, it, you see how, devil, how the devil works against us. So, we, again, we rely on the objective truth of Scripture that we know. So we memorize Scripture and know what the Scripture says, because when someone or in your mind wants to cast doubt on that, then you know. Or shoot, just grab your phone and look it up. Every, I, can't, I don't know any Christian that doesn't have the Bible on a phone. So, and I'm pointing to my f- hand. I don't know why, because my phone is sitting right in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> You're used to your phone being in that hand, that's why. <laughs> hey, I never claimed be, to be bright. I'm just good looking. <laughs> Resourceful. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> so that's, that's, that's the next... You know, memorize as much scripture as you can. Not just for spiritual warfare purposes, but for knowing and remembering the promises of God and what He... The, the authority he has given us, the love that he shows us every day. And that's what all of our that's where all of our scripture comes. I mean, scripture comes from love, the love of God. He he started everything because of his love. He loves us and he will never leave us. And that's where all of this comes from. So memorize as much scripture as you can. Uh, number four. Oh, and this is a big one because people think Satan is not the opposite of God. Okay, let me say that again. Satan is not the opposite of God. Good and evil, yeah, evil is the opposite of good. But Satan is not the opposite of God because Satan has his demons, and yes, they're, they're supernatural, they're spiritual beings, and they have a whole lot more power than we could even imagine. Like I said, they're, you know, they're, yeah, you see ghost hunters yelling slurs at, at demons trying to draw them out when all they would have to do is manifest themselves and pound them into a greasy spot on the ground. But it, his power only goes so far. Satan and his demons are created beings. They are created by the Almighty God. That's a hard concept for some people to deal with. I know. But to see the word opposite mm-hmm. implies equality. So, oh yeah, Satan is just as powerful as God, and he's on the evil side. And God, oh no, 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 no. God chooses to do things the way he wants to. He could have pounded Satan into a greasy spot on the ground if, if he chose to, but he did not. So they are not equal in power or quality. They are just on the other side. Okay? Saying Satan is the, op- is the opposite of God is, is like saying that your local high school football team is the opposite of the San Francisco 49ers, okay? And San Francisco 49ers are one of the best teams in the league, that are going to be one of the best teams in the league this year. And you want to put a high school team up against them? Yeah, you talk about being pounded into a greasy spot. <laughs> <laughs> so Ezekiel chapter 28 is a passage that's addressed um, to the king of Tyre. And it symbolizes Satan. It says, the angel Lucifer was created full of wisdom and beauty. And I mean, it was addressed to the king of Tyre, but it's talking about Satan. Lucifer was created full of wisdom and beauty. He was given a place on God's holy mountain. He was created as a holy and righteous being. 
and pr- there was pride in his heart, that was the beginning of his downfall. In Isaiah, in chapter 14, Lucifer thought he deserved to be above God. And Bob, or and Bob, yeah, and Bob <laughs> cast him out of heaven. No, God <laughs> cast him out of heaven. Let me take a quick drink of water so maybe my, my mouth will work better. Okay, that'll work. That's, that's probably a good idea. <laughs> I think I'll drink to that also. <laughs> but, and, you know, God couldn't, ca- God couldn't ha- cast him out of heaven if he was equal to him. God is, they don't call him almighty God for nothing. Okay, it's simply the reality of things. And so, um, he, we have to remember that Satan and his minions are powerful spiritual beings. They are no one to be trifled with. But their power is nothing compared to the triune, almighty God. And that goes for God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. They are nothing compared to that. So get that. And that's a, a good equal, that's a good picture to have in your mind. You know, if you're thinking about God and Satan at the same time, you got to make Satan as small as you possibly can. Because in, in that comparison of their power and authority, Satan's authority is nothing compared to God's. Okay, so that's a that's um, the fact number four. No, fact number five: our victory over Satan, just like our victory over sin, is based on two things: it is based on the Word of God, and it is based on the work of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and on the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, this is what we were talking about before again, and I will say this because I, I we're kind of I'm kind of harping on this a little bit, Joyce, because ghost hunting stuff has become so popular. And I remember almost 30 years ago when Brent and I were first married, I wanted to get into ghost hunting. This is when I was young and stupid. Now I'm just stupid. But <laughs> You wanted to become one of these people that go after, hunt down ghosts. Yeah, I heard about this place. We, you know, we lived in India, Indiana at the time, and it was about a three-hour drive to Chicago. And I heard about this one place in Chicago, this seminar, uh, seminary, cemetery in Chicago that was one of the most haunted places on earth. And I believed in my heart that uh, ghosts were demons that were trying to confuse us. And I had stated that many times. I said, oh, Brenda, let's go. We can go up there and we get a nice hotel room. We were poor as church mice. I don't know how I thought we were going to get a nice <laughs> hotel room in Chicago. Um, then we, but we can go to this place late at night and you know film it and, and see what's going on. And again... It really is wonderful when when God blesses me that God blessed me with such an uh, insightful and intelligent helpmate because she stopped and looked at me and said, "Okay, you're a Christian, right?" I said, "Of course." She said, "Why would a Christian want to go to a place that is known for demon activity? Why would you want to go to a place that you know demons are lurking around?" And my only response was shut up (laughs) (laughs) yeah real mature reaction to it right it took me it took me a couple minutes no no no, you're ruining my fun with your logic (laughs) do not (laughs) well you were just full of self-deception at that point and and when i say when i if if when my wife nails me like that or when joyce nails me like that and i look at him and say shut up it's meant as you know (laughs) you just whooped me so you you could stop talking now (laughs) 
But it, the, so I, I do talk about that because people, that's a big thing now is, is even Christians want to go ghost hunting and that is directly engaging the enemy. If you do see something like that, you're engaging the enemy and all you're doing is giving him more and more, um, you know, authority in your life. The, the, the ghost hunting things that really scare me, that really worry me for people, whether they're real or not, but I pray for them is when they say, I think something followed me home. Yeah, like, that's, oh, that's the big fear there. Yeah, and and it should be a fear in their heart, minds all along that they're engaging this person, this mm-hmm. entity, and why it's going to be stuck to them then. Yeah, because as believers, we have no power in ourselves. It's you know we're we're nothing compared to the power of uh, of uh, of the spiritual beings, um, and just like you know we're talking you know, our our willpower and our human strength are no match. For our sinful nature, we can't stop sinning on our own. We need the power of the forgiveness of Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit in our life to, to change us to and stop us and save us from our sin and our anxiety and our fears and our, our, own, our own pride. We don't even have a... Th- we can't even handle ourselves without the Holy Spirit power. So our willpower and our human strength will be no match for the powers of darkness. They're, they're evil. They're crafty. And you talk about relentless. They never sleep. I hate that. I hate that. <laughs> it's like you wake up in the morning and say, oh, great. What has devil done now? <laughs> you know? But no, they're just, they're, they're smarter than we are. They're more powerful than we are. We never, never, ever, ever try to engage them in yourself. That, that is the objective truth, that our victory over Satan is based on the word of God and the person and the work of, the, of our Lord Jesus Christ. Period. That's just that's the truth of the matter. So I think this is our last one. Yeah, our last um, objective truth that we're going to talk about today is number six. The Bible talks of three main enemies that want to defeat us: the the world, our sinful nature, or the flesh, and the devil. Okay, those three things: the world, the sin, our own sinful nature, and the devil. So each and every day we fight the, a spiritual battle on three fronts. Okay, we 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 fight it with the world, we fight it with our flesh, and we fight it with the devil. And so, we talked. We you know we're we've, we're talking more and more about that. In fact, that's where we're going to go. Then um, our next three, uh, I can't say three episodes, but our main three points that we're going to be talking about a lot this um, the the this season is fighting the battle on those three three fronts. And so we're going to be talking about battling our sinful nature. We're talking about battling the world. And battling Satan and his armies, and it's just it it's spiritual warfare is just yeah it's it's just an ugly reality, and but the best way to combat spiritual warfare in spiritual warfare is living a holy and a holy and 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 godly life, you know, and and as powerful and as formidable as as Satan is, he's nothing compared. To the power of Almighty God, and He is nothing compared to the power and authority we have in our Lord Jesus Christ. God or Jesus gave us authority over the enemy. We just have to know how to use it and, and how to claim it. But we must respect. This is a big thing. Respect the power of the enemy. Don't think you're going to fight him on your own. Because as soon as we get prideful, we're going to think, "Oh, I'm going to go kick Satan's tuchus." No, <laughs> trust me, that's not going to happen. <laughs> Silly mortal. Yes, <laughs> I like that. Silly mortal. But um, uh, and what we can say this: 
remember Romans 8.31, man, what shall we say in response to the things of the world? If God is for us, who can be against us? We rest in the knowledge. I lost my place. I'm sorry. We rest in the knowledge that the same Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God that brought Jesus out of the grave, lives in us. Isn't that wonderful to know that, yeah, we've got spiritual warfare going on all around us, but the person of the Holy Spirit lives in us. As soon as we believe in Christ and we accept him, we submit and seek forgiveness for our sins, we are given the Holy Spirit. And that's what gives us victory um, over Satan. And we're, 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 we're pretty much done today. But I want to close with um, a prayer from Ephesians that Paul um, uh, Paul wrote in Ephesians, and that is is part of the Word of God. And I'm, I'm going to pray for for all of our listeners right now, and 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 for us, because I have a feeling the the enemy doesn't want us to get this information out to our listeners. So so just bow your heads and and, and listen to this. For the reason I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all of the Lord, all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and how long and how high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know his love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God, now in him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is, it, that is at work in, within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. And I am so glad that you all joined us today and continue you know keep listening because we're going to get into this more and as always we're going to have a lot of fun along the way so for my lovely and talented co-host joyce adams and for me we'll see you next time and remember god smiles when he sees you